We are glad to announce we have partnered with Thrive Fantasy for the upcoming NFL season. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this season. In case you don't know what Thrive Fantasy is, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports app for player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in respective sport. For this NFL season, Thrive allows you to choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The most points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and has $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 1. Use promo code PODCAST when you sign up today and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today we will be talking about the NFL Week 1 and Week 2. But before we start, I want to mention that once again, Elliot will not be joining us tonight due to personal conflicts. But, Andrew, let's get started today with our first topic, which is, as usual, we have seen three teams that are usually near the bottom suck to start the season. That is the Lions, Jets, and Giants. And, Andrew, I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on this, this topic. Yeah, Henry, and with me being a Detroit Lions fan, this could be, like, the most frustrated I've ever been watching a professional sports team in, in my history watching sports. This team – like, I think they're the first team in NFL history to, in four consecutive games, to go up by double digits and still lose the game four times in a row. That, that just pisses me off as a fan, and it's so hard to watch. And watching that week one game against the Bears, they go up 23-6, to six, I think, going into the fourth quarter or something like that. Might have been end of the third. And they give up 21 straight points to lose the game. And the head coaching there is awful. Matt And Matt Patricia, he does not know how to lead a team. And I think he's supposed to be a defensive guru, apparently, coming from the Patriots system and being a Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator. And he comes out, and he doesn't know how to coach a defense. I don't know what, what the deal is with that. It's frustrating. And every week, I always say, I can't watch this team anymore. And by the end of the game, I say the same thing before and after the game because I know the outcome every single time. They're going to blow a lead, and it's stayed consistent through the past 10 seasons, through the history of this organization. It's awful, and I can't stand being a fan for this team, yet I find myself sitting on my couch watching watching this team every week. It, it pisses me off. But, Henry, what do you have to say about this Detroit Lions team? Because I'm sure you feel pretty much the same as me. You know, Andrew, I'm mostly in the same boat as you here. And the Lions, obviously, there's a lot of glaring holes, especially that the fact that they suck at football. But I, I think that the Lions should have went into this year knowing that it was a rebuilding year, knowing that – Matt Patricia was probably on his way out if when you think about it. I mean, he before this year he was 
nine and 22 and one and now he's nine 24 and one and I don't know how much better you can expect him to be I mean the Lions have arguably a top top half talent based roster but they obviously aren't very good at using that talent and it's as you mentioned it's it's very hard to sit down every Sunday or Thursday or Monday but usually they're not playing on Thursdays or Mondays because those are teams who deserve to play in prime time to watch this team play football for three and a half hours when they come out of the gates very strong. And we're like, Oh, the Lions might be playing good this week. And then as always, they blow it real quick, real quickly. And at best, this team has a ceiling of maybe, maybe six and 10, but I doubt they get anything above four or five wins. Yeah. And Henry speaking about the jets now, I want to move on to them. I mean, it's just awful there in that situation. I would probably say it's pretty similar to where the Lions are at right now. Every year they come in expecting to be better than the season before and start improving, and it just doesn't come. I don't think Sam Darnold is going to be the starting quarterback come next year. I think he's by the end of the season, he's prob- unless they turn something around dramatically, I think he's not going to be back to be the starting quarterback. And I think he lost that job based off how they're playing. But it's it's tough to blame one player or one person. But if I had to blame one person for all this, it's it's Adam Gaze. That guy, he's not a good football coach. That guy's not a good coach. And the fact that he's trying to put a team out there and expect them to win with their top talent, gone during for injured reserve because Le'Veon Bell is injured for a couple weeks at minimum and you trade away arguably your best player as well in Jamal Adams can't expect this team to win games yet they come in with high expectations with the new coach in Adam Gaze and he disappoints every fan of the New York Jets this team is not a good team the offensive line isn't there Sam Darnold doesn't have weapons the running game isn't prevalent at all. The wide receivers, the wide receivers are average, but it's nothing special. And that defense is god awful. Can't stop anybody for their lives. So, it, I don't, I don't understand with this Jets team. I, they get a high pick in the draft every single year, yet they can't draft any talent to improve their roster. It's tough, and I'm sure the Jets fans are all feeling it right now, Henry. You know, Andrew, I completely agree with what you've been saying. And obviously, as you mentioned, there's one glaring hole, and that is Adam Gase. But I think there's also another glaring hole, and that is with their their general manager. And he's the one behind most of these trades and their, these signings and these draft picks. And to be honest, I don't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, he was, he was able to have C.J. Mosley opt out of the season, which I don't think he probably would have done under any other circumstances with that team. He traded his best player away. Obviously, he did get a good haul for that. He got two first-round picks, but they'll be at the end of the first round because the Seahawks are actually good at football. And he signed Le'Veon Bell to a, whatever, ten or a $13, $14 million contract. And he hasn't really done much. He's been hurt, and he's done absolutely nothing for the Jets. He hasn't been the same since he held out for the Steelers a couple of years back and. I just don't think the Jets are a very good football team, but I'll let Ant, but I'll let Andrew move us into our next team. Yeah, and Henry, one thing about the Jets, 
I think if they can just keep Le'Veon Bell healthy, I mean, I think they have a legit shot to be a contending football team. But it's that, it's that run game and that offensive line that is just not working for them. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, I'm telling you, if he can get back to that 2016 Pittsburgh Steelers form, he could be not only one of the best running backs in the NFL, but I think he could will this New York Jets team to at least a couple more wins to what they're already going to see this season. I just, we all know Le'Veon Bell can be that top caliber running back. I just want to see him healthy and see him put up those numbers because I really like how he plays and he's a great player when he's healthy. He just hasn't got the opportunity to really show that with the Jets, but moving on to the final team we're going to talk about with these poor starts, and we're just going to leave it here with the New York Jets or Giants, excuse me. And talking about another running back who can't seem to find health between the last two years, that's Saquon Barkley. I mean, he was unhealthy last season throughout it, and now he's likely done for the year with a torn ACL. And all I have to say about this Giants team, I think their wide receiving court isn't even that bad. I think Slayton's not bad. I think Tate's not bad. I think Shepard, Sterling Shepard, of course, isn't bad. Then you got Evan Ingram, who's an upcoming, I think, star at the tight end uh, spot. In the quarterback situation, I mean, you expect that. I mean, Daniel Jones is developing. This is his second season, and he just needs to get a little bit more in-game experience, I think, and just get out there more. But here's their weakness, and it's obvious. It's that offensive line. It's awful. It's it's terrible. And you, I wa- watching uh, the first game of the season for them in week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I get the Pittsburgh Steelers front seven is probably the best in the NFL. But that's unacceptable. I mean, Saquon Barkley, every time he touched the ball, he, there was already six Steelers around him ready to tackle him. He couldn't even get it back to the line of scrimmage. So... Speaking on the Giants, it's the offensive line where they need a fix. They drafted Andrew Thomas, the tackle from Georgia. Thought that was going to fix it. Nope, it didn't. Honestly, they were even worse than what they were last year with the addition of a top talent lineman. So I just want to see, number one, Saquon get back healthy. Number two, that offensive line improve from, from what they're doing right now because it's awful. And I think that defense could use a little bit of work. I think it could be better, but it's it's not it's not awful. But it could definitely get a little better. Andrew, I think out of all three of the teams that we've mentioned so far, I think I have the most confidence in the Giants to possibly turn it around this year. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but I think they still have a ceiling of maybe even possibly eight and eight, but I think they'll probably finish more like six and ten. And I, as I didn't mention, I think the Jets will finish at best maybe 2-14. and 14. But, I mean, it's obvious that without Saquon Barkley, they're not going to be very good as the offensive line is already awful. That defense isn't good. I mean, they just don't have enough weapons, and they have too many young pieces to be a contender. But other than that, there's not much I have to say on this, Matt, on this, this Giants team. But let's move on now to our next topic, which is – the Cowboys' lucky victory at the end against the Atlanta Falcons. And, Andrew, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, Henry, the Falcons lost this game. The Cowboys did not win this game. 
this game shouldn't have even been close. The Falcons just blew it. That's all I have to say. It was awful coaching. Dan Quinn needs to get out. He, they need to they need to get him out of there. He they they they're firing all these coordinators thinking it's going to make it any better. But the real issue here is the head coach and the way they're coaching. They have not been even close to the same ever since blowing that 25 point lead in the Super Bowl. The Falcons need help. The Cowboys they're not a bad team. I just think that they're getting used to their new system under new head coach Mike McCarthy. But this Falcons team, I mean, all, all they had to do was just fall on the football. There, last time I checked, there was no rule saying you can't fall on the football before it goes 10 yards if you're the receiving team. And this team obviously did practice onside kicks or anything close to that because they, they were not prepared. These guys were watching the ball roll into the Cowboys' hands. I, I counted at least six Falcons players around watching this ball roll into the arms of Falcons players, or Cowboys players, excuse me, and that's awful, and that cannot happen. This Falcons team might have a rough year coming ahead for them, and I think by the end of the year, Dan Quinn needs to get out. They need, they need to cut him off, get, get rid of him, Drop him on the curb. I don't, I don't know. Drop him off. Leave him. He is not the right head coach for this team. And as I said, they have not been the same since blowing that 28-3 lead in the, in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But the Cowboys, I think, they, they have what they need to be a good team. And that, they should not have won that game. But I think they caught a break there. I mean, going down 0-2 is not acceptable for any team. And it really puts you in a tough spot. And I think they avoided that hole by getting that quote-unquote lucky win against the Falcons. So good for the Cowboys. Hopefully they can use that as momentum and turn it around. I think they have uh, what they need to do that. But hopefully it all works out for the Cowboys and they'll probably still go 8-8 eight and eight by the end of the season. You know, Andrew, I, I had – a solid amount of hope that maybe this Falcons team was going to be different, but it's not the team. It's really not. It's, it's the coaching. And I think if the coaches can put the, the, their own team in a better spot, I mean, this is a playoff team right here. You can see they have the talent, maybe not on defense, but they have arguably the best offense in the entire NFL. They have a top three receiver. They have a, another up and coming top 15 receiver, and they have another, another really good running back. And, I really don't un- understand what's so bad other than the coaching here and why these Falcons struggle to win games. But moving on now to the Cowboys, I think they saved themselves from going 6-10, and 10 and now they'll go 8-8. Eight and eight. But if they would have lost this game, I, th- I don't think many people would have the Cowboys even contending for a playoff spot and really show how much of a bad team they are, especially because the Falcons are – right now not considered a top team in the NFL and losing to them at home when you're one of the only teams that has fans in their stadium and the most fans in your stadium, I think that'd be a real embarrassing loss to, for the Cowboys. But let's move on now to another team who's kind of had a slow start, and they're also from the NFC East, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. And, Andrew, I'm pretty sure I know what the main reason here is, but I want to I wanna hear your thoughts on this. The O-line. <laughs> that's all that's all I have to say it's the line it's similar to what the Giants are experiencing right now but instead of the run game having nothing it's the passing game 
There's a lack of receivers and weapons for Carson Wentz. And that offensive line isn't really helping him out because as soon as he snaps the ball, they give him two seconds to throw the ball before he's on the ground getting sacked. And Wentz, I think everyone's blaming Wentz for this. He's a good quarterback. He just doesn't have the weapons he needs. and He doesn't have the O-line to protect him. And it's unfortunate because I think I really want to see Wentz back in that uh, 2018 form. But I don't think we're going to get it. And it sucks, as I said. It's kind of similar to Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's getting – he's not really the healthiest of at, at his position. And he, you've seen him at top caliber star form, yet he can't really get back to it. And he doesn't have the team, the right team around him. And the Eagles, as I mentioned, the O-line doesn't give him time. Wentz doesn't have the weapons. And that defense is nothing special. It's just a whole bunch of just things that can go wrong with that team. And they are going wrong. The Eagles are going to struggle this year. It's, it's known. The Eagles are going to struggle. I think they need to take this year to figure some things out and come back even better next year. I don't think this year is it for the Eagles. You know, Andrew, I completely agree. I mean, that O-line is brutally awful. I mean, they lost their starting left tackle before the year, and now they have to play Jason Peters there, and he's, whatever, 37, and I don't think he should be playing left tackle at this point in his career. I think he should be more likely uh, playing – left out and eating cheeseburgers on the sideline for the Philadelphia Eagles. But that just shows you how many holes they have on the offensive line. And I'm a little more harsh on Wentz than you are. I think his play has still been bad. I mean, he's thrown four interceptions, although he's had no time and he has no weapons. I think some of that is on him as he's made some pretty poor decisions with the football. I mean, that defense has been all right. I mean, it's, but it's, it's held, Washington to, to 27 points, and that's not a very good offense. And L.A. to 31, as we'll meant, and we'll talk about them coming up. But that, this Eagles team is not very good. That entire NFC East is just, just, just brutal. But let's move on now to another topic here, which is teams that have actually surprised us and played well at the start, which are uh, the Raiders and the Rams. And, Andrew, I want to hear your, your thoughts on these teams. Yeah, Henry, and before I get to the Rams, you were saying how the NFC East isn't looking good at all, but this NFC West is looking more than good, Henry. And you have the Seattle Seahawks looking good per usual. You have the Arizona Cardinals looking good this year. You have the San Francisco 49ers, aside from the injuries, which we'll talk about a little little later in this podcast. They're looking pretty good. And then you got the Los Angeles Rams. And surprisingly, I did not expect this at all. You can listen back to our prediction episodes about two and a half weeks ago. And I thought the Rams are going to go something along the lines of like three and 13 and be absolutely awful. I thought golf would look terrible. I thought that running game wouldn't work. I thought it all just wouldn't work. And they're two and oh, they're two and oh. And they beat the Cowboys, who I thought were going to be a great team. Obviously not. I mean, and this Rams team, absolute shocker. I have to say, Goff is performing well, doing his job. That running game, although they're using kind of three running backs right now between Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers, it's, it's not looking that bad. I mean, you get a new running back every week so far that's stepping up to, to the table, you know? And then wide receiving core, that, that's the only thing I thought that would be good. 
and they're they're living up to that expectation. I mean, you got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup there, and then Higby caught three touchdowns, I believe it was, in week two. That's incredible. So that defense isn't playing that bad. So Los Angeles Rams, I'm pleasantly surprised by your performance. Hopefully they can keep it up, Henry. No, Andrew, I think this Rams team is a real contender to be the NFC West champions, although I don't think they will end up as that, but they're definitely a contender, and I don't think they're a, uh, they're a pretender in terms of how well they've played so far. I mean, think about it. Just two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl, and I think everyone thought that they just have so much of a Super Bowl hangover, but they went like 9-7 and seven last year, and I think Jared Goff is just being thrown under the bus, and he's, in my opinion, he's a really good quarterback and arguably even a top-10 quarterback. But I think we might possibly do a top five NFL quarterbacks in the future. But let's let's keep with what we're doing here. And the Rams have obviously surprised everyone. I mean, the defense is it has been all right, but it's much better than everyone expected it to be. As people thought it was going to be really bad, and I can speak for Andrew here, as he thought it was going to be really bad. But I think the real surprise here is the is the emergence of Tyler Higby. I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to be good this year, but he's been way above projections from people. And I think that's a main reason why they are playing so well, as he's had two touchdowns in that last game. I don't know how he played in the first game, but, I mean, he has three total touchdowns. And, I mean, he's just he's just unstoppable right now, and he's looking like he's going to be a top-10 tight end by the end of the year. Yeah, Henry, but let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. And once again, another team I did not think would do good along the lines of 4-12, and 3-13. and 13. Once again, you can listen back to our predictions episodes that happened around two and a half weeks ago. And this Raiders team is surprising me. And I thought Derek Carr would come out flat like he did last season. But I am surprised by how Derek Carr is playing. Derek Carr is playing like a top 10 quarterback this year. Maybe maybe even like top seven. He's playing great, by the way. And Josh Jacobs is stepping up, doing his role, providing that energy for that offense. He's, he's looking great. He has three, three touchdowns, I believe. They all occurred in the first week. But in the second week, he still, even though he didn't, I don't think he, I believe he scored a touchdown against the Saints. He still had a great week. He put up some great numbers there. And this Raiders defense is looking is looking pretty good is what I'm saying. I mean, they handled Drew Brees, and no pun intended, with a breeze. I mean, they, they, they didn't really have to look twice and think about uh, Drew Brees there. They, they handled him well. And they won the game. I did not expect them to win that game against the Saints. They came out, won the first game ever in Las Vegas and won the game. I am very, very shocked by how Jay Gruden is, or John Gruden, excuse me, is coaching this team. I think this team can make the playoffs, Henry. What do you think? Andrew, I completely agree with what you're saying. I know I'm a little lower on that defense than, than you are, but I, I think that offense is just very underrated. And I mean, Josh Jacobs is arguably a top, 10 running back or is a top 10 running back in the league right now. And Darren Waller's arguably the third best tight end in all of football right now. 
I mean, that offense, I mean, Derek Carr is playing very good right now. The offensive line is very underrated, and I think it's probably a, a top five offensive line as of now in the NFL. But, I, I mean, I think – I don't think the women division, that Chiefs team, is just unbeatable at this point. I mean, maybe they'll lose to the Ravens, but I don't see who else they're going to lose to. But I do think this Raiders team can be a playoff team and surprise a lot of people and make a run in the playoffs quite possibly. Yeah, Henry, you mentioned Darren Waller, and that guy is putting the league on notice. I mean, he is one of the most unstoppable tight ends right now in the game. And he is on level with Travis Kelsey, a little below. I would say Travis Kelsey is the best receiver. But I don't see anyone else playing better besides Kelsey right now than Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller will be a pro bowler, and this Raiders team can go pretty far and I think they've like you said I don't think they'll win the division because the Chiefs are looking amazing per usual but I think the Raiders have a legit shot to make the playoffs Henry Andrew I completely agree but let's move on to probably the saddest part of our podcast and that is the unfortunate amount of injuries we've seen in this first couple weeks of the NFL is really devastating and especially to some people's fantasy teams with Le'Veon Bell, Michael Thomas, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey all going down as notable names. And I, I really feel for these teams, I think, I think a preseason would have helped a lot more. And even training camp and OTAs, an extended version of that like normal, would, would have helped more. But it's really unfortunate that these players had to go out there with little to no tackling being done in the offseason. And you see that – right here as there's been a lot more high scoring games due to a lot of bad tackling. And there's been a lot of risk of injuries because of how unprepared and unconditioned a lot of these guys are. Yeah, Henry. And for all the fantasy owners out there, I feel for you guys. I mean, plagued by injuries. And I, I really feel along with these fantasy football rosters, I feel for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, they, they are hurting. I mean, I think they're starting Jarek McKinnon right now, a running back, who is their third string currently. They're starting their backup quarterback. Last week, they had to start their backup tight end because Kittle was injured. And that team is just – and they lost two of their best defensive linemen in Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas to both torn left ACLs. So it's, it's really unfortunate to see all these guys go down. And I just hope for the best going on the season. And I just want to see the best talent out there. I'm sure we all want to see that. And hopefully we can get that. Hopefully these guys can come back soon. Hopefully Christian McCaffrey gets healthy. Hopefully Michael Thomas, George Kittle, Kenny Galladay, Le'Veon Bell, all of those guys can get back sooner rather than later. And we can see top-notch NFL football back at it again. But Hopefully these injuries can just stop because it's just not, not only is it bad for the game because we won't be able to see the top talent out there. Like I said, it's just unfortunate to see these guys seasons to come to an end when they, when they have so much potential and now this can hurt the performance of your team because these guys unfortunately get injured. So I, I just hope that less injuries come about in the next couple of weeks and the NFL can start getting more healthy as the season goes on. You know, Andrew, speaking about the rest of the season and even bringing up how COVID's played a role, I mean, I, I think the season so far has been very successful. 
although the injuries have been been very high, especially at probably an all-time league high. But other than that, I think the season's gone very well. I mean, you see teams even bring possibly 20, 25,000 fans into their stadiums now. And I, I think there's there's not much concern, hopefully, knock on wood, that we uh, continue like this. But I don't think there's much concern at all for the NFL season to get postponed or canceled. As I mean, you see all these players being a lot more cautious and caring about the season more than you see in other sports. And I think that's very very good for the future of the NFL this year. Yeah, and Henry, and to think about how COVID has played a factor, obviously there's no fans, but you see these all these coaches wearing masks, and the NFL has really taken action about making sure these coaches are wearing the, their masks on the sideline. And they have fined, I think it was three NFL coaches, something like $100,000 each, and they find uh, each team $250,000 each for these coaches not wearing these, their masks responsibly on the sideline. And I think it's a great job by the NFL to make sure these coaches are keeping their players safe. And they're also making sure everyone who's watching the games are getting the right message to make sure to wear your mask and to make sure to be COVID safe because we're all going through a tough time. And believe me, everyone is experiencing uh, difficulties now because of COVID, whether it's getting uh, fired from your job because it's not available anymore because of the times of COVID or missing uh, vacations you were looking forward to or any, whatever it is, everyone's going through it right now and people just have to be responsible. And I think the NFL is doing the right job by uh, penalizing these coaches for not doing their part on the NFL sideline, not only to keep everyone safe, not only to spread the right message, but we all want to see football. And them not wearing their masks and them not being COVID safe jeopardizes that and puts the risk out there that we might not be seeing NFL football or the season to play out or to see NFL playoffs. And we we can all agree. We all want to see that. So I think it's good that the NFL is enforcing these rules well and making sure these coaches do their part. You know, Andrew, I completely agree with what you said, but I want to give a huge shout-out to the NFL. I mean, they've, they've run through this offseason as best as they could. They've, they've cracked down on coaches, as you mentioned, and I think they've done a great job overall on just handling these COVID procedures and moving forward the best way they can and even allowing fans into some stadiums. But, Andrew, let's move on to our second-to-last topic today, which is looking ahead to week three and taking a look at some of the bigger games we've seen. And it's obviously highlighted by the big Monday night matchup of the Chiefs and the Ravens, where you'll see the top two quarter, top two of the top three quarterbacks in the league, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes face off on Monday night football. Yeah, Henry. And I am looking forward for that matchup specifically just because of how good this quarterback matchup is because Patrick Mahomes is looking close to unstoppable I should say in this Chiefs team because you look the the Chargers played them incredibly last week and yet the Chiefs still found a way to win Patrick Mahomes still found a way to to will this team to a victory against the Chargers team that once again played them as well as I've seen anyone play them 
this season. Well, I guess that doesn't say much since there's, there's only been two games, but within the past two seasons, I think the Chargers played them the best or around the best than I've seen anyone uh, play them in the past two seasons. And then you got the Ravens, the powerhouse, the favorite of this AFC conference. And I would love to see how the Ravens come out against the Chiefs because you know the Chiefs got the best of them last season. And I would love to see Lamar go out there, come out strong in this Ravens team and try to beat Patrick Mahomes in this near unstoppable Chiefs offense. But I think what will win this game for both of those teams, I think it will be the defense and which defense can contain the other quarterback the best. You know, Andrew, there's also two other notable matchups that we do have in week three, and that is the Cowboys traveling to the Seahawks and the Packers traveling to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints. And I think these matchups are very interesting because, I mean, the Saints are looking to bounce back and the Packers are looking to keep rolling as Aaron Rodgers has looked probably even the best of his career so far. And in the other matchup, the Cowboys and Seahawks, I think that this would be a statement win for the Cowboys and show that that week one loss to the Rams was kind of a, a fluke and they were just getting adjusted to that new offense. And if the Seahawks win, I think, I mean, they're just going to keep showing that they're arguably the best team in the NFL right now. And Andrew, I want to hear your thoughts on these two games before we move on to our last topic today. Yeah, Henry. And what I have to say about these two matchups, I think Rodgers and the Packers, I think if they can get this win, they, they can really prove themselves to be a powerhouse in the NFL right now. And the Saints, they really need this win just as a bounce back win coming back from that tough loss against the Raiders. And moving on to that matchup about the Seattle Seahawks and the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys, this is a real test for them. And this will show whether or not they are a legit team this season in the NFL. And the Seahawks, I think just like the Packers, this win can solidify themselves as a powerhouse in the NFC. And I would love to see Russell Wilson come out strong yet again because I want to see a good matchup. I mean, that Cowboys defense, I mean, they haven't been great lately, but I think they, they got what it takes to lock up Russell Wilson. But I just want to see how Russell Wilson takes that Cowboys defense and what he does with it. You know, Andrew, I think it's a good time to move on to our, our last topic today, which is giving our top five teams basically power rankings in the NFL through two weeks of the season. I'm going to go first, and I think that the number one team in the NFL this week or this year so far has been the Kansas City Chiefs. And although they've they struggled in one game against the Chargers, I, st I still think that they're arguably the best team in the NFL right now. And the next team that I have is the Baltimore Ravens, who do take on the Chiefs. And whoever wins that game, I think, will end up being one. And whoever loses will end up being two next week when, or the next time we talk about the NFL. At three, I do have the Seattle Seahawks. I think that offense has just been rolling. That defense has played pretty well, especially with that new addition of Jamal Adams, who's been a very big part of that defense. And Bobby Wagner is obviously playing like a top linebacker in the entire NFL. And at four, I have the Green Bay Packers, who I think have been playing arguably better than everyone right now. And Aaron Rodgers is just slinging the ball over the place, making great throws. Aaron Jones ran all over the Detroit Lions. I know that's not a great win for them. Obviously, it's not a good win at all. But, I mean, 
he scored 47 fantasy points for you fantasy owners out there. And I don't think you're complaining about that if you're Detroit Lions fans, if you have him on your team. And at five, although they did lose to the Raiders this week in a tough matchup, I think that the Saints are still a top five team in the NFL right now. I think Drew Brees will get his stuff together. I think when Michael Thomas comes back, they'll be even better than they were before. But I think it's it's hard to keep the Saints out of your top five, especially with how much talent they have. Yeah, Henry, in my top five teams right now in the NFL look pretty similar to yours, obviously. My top four are the same as yours as all of those teams are off to great 2-0 starts. I obviously have the Chiefs, Ravens, then Seahawks, and Green Bay Packers for the same reasons as you do. And at number five, I actually have a little bit different than you. I have another 2-0 team there. I have the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen is looking great. That defense is looking great. Arguably, I would say Josh Allen is looking like a top three quarterback in the NFL as of this season, as of how he played the first two weeks. Josh Allen is looking like a legit NFL quarterback. And that offense is looking really good running under Josh Allen is all I'm saying. And that defense is looking nice. I mean, that you can't complain with how that defense is playing. Obviously, it's not amazing, but they can they can stop they can stop a team if they need to. They they can get a stop if they need to. That's the big thing. That defense has has been getting those stops. And Josh Allen has been putting up the points, and that Bills team is looking great right now at 2-0. and You know, Andrew, I'll say one last thing on the Bills before we end the podcast today. But I think the Bills ha- do have a very, very good defense, and I think you're underrating that. But I still have the Saints ahead of them just because of pure talent on their roster. And it- it's going to be hard to see – a team scoring more than 30 points on that defense. I mean, I know the Bills just did it, but I think that – that or the Dolphins just did it, excuse me. But I think the Bills still have a top five defense in the NFL. But I think they saw Josh Allen has to prove a little bit more to me that he can go out and beat a good team other than the Dolphins and the Jets. I think this week will be a test when they play the Rams. I, I still don't think it will be a major test. I want to wait till they see, like, the, play the Chiefs later in the year. But that's all I have for today. And if Andrew gives me the okay, I think it'd be a great time to wrap up today's podcast. Yeah, Henry, I got one more thing. And some teams I'm looking forward to watching next uh, week as well that we didn't really mention. I just want to see how the Raiders and Rams do next week because if they can actually get to 3-0, and I think we can all agree that those teams have a really good chance at making the playoffs. So I think that that next week can really decide whether or not these teams are actually legit and actual playoff contenders. And with that, Andrew, I think this is a great time to wrap up today's podcast. As always, we want to thank everyone for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast. And we'll see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.